Hi folks. Uh, no content warnings this week, at least on the interview. We'll see what happens with the other discussion. And we have animals in the house who are loud and inconvenient. One of whom, hi Sergey, is rolling himself on my desk over my keyboard and wants love. Which means that there's a good chance we will swear. And that is your third warning, that we swear a lot, often, and mostly at the cats, but, you know... Mostly at Sergey, honestly. Mostly at Sergey, yeah. Again, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode one. No, 211. Good God. Yeah, I, I'm back from six days away. Yes. And two, two days were basically travel days. The drive to uh, Ravenwood Castle in Ohio and the drive home. And then four days spent, spent basically playing board games with friends. So you had a great vacation. Um, I had a great vacation. I got to hang out with people who I have, who we haven't seen in uh, three years. Yeah. You know, it was really good. Uh, there was a lot of, will I see you at Worldcon? Yes, maybe. Uh, no, no, but maybe next Worldcon. So uh, it'll be good. Uh, and uh, that, that really kind of sums it up. I mean, I played some great games. Cool. I played some excellent games, uh, and that was, you know, that was the important thing. So, uh, that was my productivity for the last week. What's yours been? Uh, my, I am living in like a permanent Monday. The cat smashed my iPad. I drove all over hell fixing things. I have a flat tire. I, uh, uh, since you fixed my email, I am now getting junk mail from that address again, generally about a hundred a day. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, I have been trying to write and it has been going so-so. And I'm also in the middle of a virtual convention that lasts all week. So I'm doing oh, occasional yes. panels. And at one point, I think yesterday, I discovered that my laptop was so hot that I uh, couldn't, uh, it was like scalding and it turned on for like two seconds and then it didn't shut itself off. It just went black and I was like, okay, but I was at the coffee shop. So I asked if I could put my laptop in their freezer and they said that was fine um, after staring at me for a minute. And then it was fine and I turned yeah. it off because it occurred to me I hadn't turned it off in maybe a month or two. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and now it seems to be fine. Is not you know not fry eggs on the keyboard, but uh, basically everything is on fire and there are wolves. Do we need to? Also, we're having a f uh, fridge delivered today. Yes, yes. This is now, and this is a a proactive fridge delivery, not a reactive fridge delivery. Yes, which is a first. Yes, uh, we know the fridge is dying, so we got one before it went all the way. Yes, and we're not at Lowe's. Uh, like going, well, we need a fridge. Uh, what do you have that you can deliver tomorrow? Exactly. Yes. Uh, so, but, and then I guess we're going to be talking about a laptop upgrade for you. Make the face. It's fine now that it was in the freezer. Yeah, but if it does it once, it'll do it again. Possibly. Uh -huh. Anyway, so. So we'll, we'll talk about that. I am having a week of yes. Mondays. Yes. But on the other hand, you don't have to write two novels in the month of August. No, I just have to finish the one yes. because you convinced me it was good. Yeah, it's great. 
I, there's still that one scene that is going to be embedded in my, is going to live rent-free in my head forever. Okay, as long as there's one of those per book, that's all I ask. Yeah, the some of the books have two, and I resent you for that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's about that. There's got to um, be at least one or else, you know, it's not a horror yeah. novel. It's just some interesting things happened that were vaguely upsetting to people. That's No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, you're you're the horror author. You get to define that. <laughs> so, really, we're not firing on all cylinders today. Um, no, but so, so it's a good thing that the bulk of this show will, in fact, be an interview. Yes. And the great part about this interview is I was talking to... <laughs> this is actually funny. Um, this is... Uh, Don Corey, and Don is actually a productivity expert. Oh, hey. He's, he's a consultant, and this is where it gets interesting, and I had to ask him about this. Was it Don who was spe who specialized in dentists? If not, that'll be, um, that'll be next week's. <laughs> but, uh, no, Don was a lot of fun to talk to. Excellent. We had a, we had a great time. Uh, we have a lot of similar like background in in the whole productivity space so it was a really fun conversation and why don't we just go straight to that that sounds like so, a good idea yeah we'll have that for all y'all right after this here today with Don, and Don, I just realized I didn't ask how to pronounce your last name, and I don't want to screw it up, so I'm not going to. Um, Very simple, Corey. Corey, okay. So I'm here with Don Corey, and Don is going to talk about how he stays productive, and uh, I'm really excited uh, for this, because I think Don is going to have a lot of interesting things to say. Um, I wouldn't have put him on the show if I didn't, right? So, Let's hope Don, so. yeah, so can you do a better job introducing yourself than I just did <laughs> sure. Well, let's give it a shot. My name is Don Corey, and uh, Kevin, I help people be more productive by helping them transform busy. So many people are busy these days. Oh, yeah. And overwhelm into what I like to call purposely productive. Okay. So, and I do that by speaking and writing and coaching. And uh, a little bit more on my background before getting into that space of productivity and leadership development, I led global software development teams at Fidelity Investments. So okay. I had teams from Bangalore to Boston and Paris to Dallas. And my mm -hmm. job as their leader was to build high performing teams that could d deliver software on time, on budget, across multiple time zones, multiple continents, multiple cultures. Oh, yeah. And, I'm, I'm uh, familiar so, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you've done some of that yourself, right? So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's just a fascinating space. And yeah. and so I'm fascinated by <laughs> personal and leadership mm -hmm. productivity. And and because that's part of what made me successful in yeah. my career at Fidelity. And so I just consume as much as I can on the topic. I'm 
I'm kind of a geek when it comes to productivity, which mm. I, I think you are too. I've, I've, I have been accused of such, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> now, one of the things I noticed on your bio is when you – there something seemed a little off, and that was it seemed like you also have dentists as a target market. And I was a little curious about how dentists fall into the rest of it. Yeah, great <laughs> question. Well, here's the thing. I um, – uh, in, in early 2000s, <clears throat> maybe 2001, 2002, Bob Reynolds, who was the vice chairman of Fidelity at the time, yeah. was speaking to a group of senior leaders. Mm -hmm. And he said, I see it as a failure of our company when we have to hire leaders from outside. Okay. So that was a pretty clear call to action for all of us in the room. It's your job to develop right. the next generation of leaders. So I learned as much as I could about leadership development and uh, communication and uh, building high-performing teams. Mm -hmm. And that's what led ultimately to me pursuing a full-time career in leadership development and productivity. Right. And around the same time as I was transitioning, my wife came to me and said, you know, I think I could be a better leader. Maybe you can help me. I could build a high-performing team. And so her business was hitting a plateau at the time. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm married to a dentist. Okay. He's a dentist. And so I helped her. We grew the business 30% in the first year. And as a result, I've expanded out and uh, work with a great company called Fortune Management, who specializes mm -hmm. in this space. And we help dentists all around the country achieve their goals and their dreams and build an extraordinary life. Okay, that is awesome. I, I love just how it was like organic and part of that, just that first push. Hey, you know what? I need this too. Like just mm -hmm. right there keeping it in the house. I love that. So how do you personally stay productive with all this going on? Well, what um, got me interested in this space, uh, mm -hmm. aside from just wanting to be successful in my career, was a seminar I attended with David Allen in 1990. Okay. So over 30 years ago now, before his book came out. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I'm very much a student and now maybe a teacher, if you will, of the GTD systems. Right. And so when you talk about being productive and being organized, uh, I really see there are multiple categories of that. Mm -hmm. So first of all, there's task management. So what I like to use, the tool I use for that is Trello. And I love the paradigm of Trello because you have boards. Within boards, mm -hmm. you have lists. And then within each list, you can have what they call cards, which essentially get down to my action item. Yeah, it's a, the, uh, the Kanban paradigm is all over software development, mm -hmm. all over it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, also, you need to really be impeccable about your calendar mm -hmm. management. And for calendar, I use calendar and email. I use Outlook, have for years and, and kept up with it. I love the tool. It's just so easy to use. Oh, yeah. Um, and for reference systems, I use a combination of OneDrive, Windows folders, and rely on search heavily because search is just a great tool. And it and one, one key thing there is if you mm -hmm. think about what you may want to search on, as you're saving your file, oh yeah, yeah. that can be a big help, right? Uh, considering the company I work for as uh, like everything is search, that's sort of our one of our core 
beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that. And I, I, for reference, I work for Elastic. So, okay. Yeah. Which, yeah. We do, we do search, but not like go to a website, type in a thing and get a whole bunch of websites back. We're, you know, we're, we're the people who are running the search engines behind the scenes on a lot of things. Very nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I, I understand fully the power of search and making sure you save things in a way that you can find them later, or at least think you'll want to find them as later. <laughs> yes, exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some great tools. Now, let's talk about the habits and systems when you're using those tools, because a great tool is a great tool, right? Yeah. But if you don't have habits around that, to, a, a tool will not solve the problem. Right. Yes. So, so what are some of the systems and habits you're using with those tools, or or that are valuable to you as you're you're going through this? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the the key habits that mm-hmm. I use is a morning routine. So, okay. I think, and I know you've had some other guests talk about this as well. It's oh, yeah. so critical to get your mindset in the right place for the day. Mm-hmm. So. I would encourage listeners to evaluate your current morning routine. I mean, we all have a morning routine. Oh, Some yeah. may get us on a great path. Others may not <laughs> or, or maybe more random. Yes. So is it, is it serving you? And, and mm-hmm. so on most mornings before social media, before email, I do some combination of uh, drink water, exercise, mm-hmm. meditate, uh, a good breakfast, very light, usually breakfast. Um, And then I get into the productivity space of really reviewing my roadmap. Where am I headed? What are my goals? What's my my progress on those? And and then lastly, as I ask myself a bunch of powerful questions, like, what am I grateful for? Because if you start with that mindset, then the rest of the stuff kind of falls into place in my mind. Who can I inspire today? How can I make the most of today? So I ask, I, I like to ask these powerful questions. And back to search, Kevin, I mean, since we're yeah, yeah. We both love this so much, isn't our mind just like a big Google search engine? And ask it any question <laughs> and you're going to get the, get an answer. If you ask a great question, you'll get a great answer. If you ask a not so great question, <laughs> you're going to get a not so great answer. I And I, I'll say a lot of that varies person to person, right? Um, because I know my mind is a is a much more how do I, how do I, how do I use the, so like if I put something into my mind, I get some very relevant results, right? Mm-hmm. My wife has ADHD, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes when she puts things in, she gets some really interesting connections that I wouldn't necessarily make because her mind, I'm not going to say works differently, but works at a different cadence and makes different connections than mine. So uh, both ways are valuable. I'm not saying one way is invalid and the other one isn't, but mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting to see. It's not at the level of um, you know the accuracy of Google versus say I don't know Bing. Not to knock on Bing, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But it's certainly like her indexing and tagging is significantly different than how my indexing and tagging works, and so she makes leaps that I don't. Because she makes mm-hmm. a different set of associations, sometimes significantly faster than I do, right? Yes, yes. Well, it's, uh, I mean, when we talk about productivity, mm-hmm. it's so important to customize what works for you. So take oh, any yeah. system off the shelf, even 
you know, the system I talk about in my book, which is five steps to protect your time, that um, I encourage people to uh, alter that and customize it to what's going to work for you. Trust the mm-hmm. process to begin, but then right, right. customize it to you. So, yeah, it's all personal mm-hmm. in this space. Yeah, or as I like to say, um, take what works and toss out the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Oh, well, that kind of naturally leads us right into um, sort of the next thing, um, which is um, now. So now we've we've you've done your morning routine. Yeah. You've 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 kind of gotten yourself ready. What does the rest of the day look like? And um, like, how do you decide like what to do first as part of that? Right. Well, first of all. It's a great question. What I really believe is priority must come first. So I have a prioritized list of goals that I want to achieve. Um, There are actions associated with that that are mapped out as well. And I'm a big fan of time blocking. So, for example, you know, uh, the the book is coming out in September. There's a Mm -hmm. lot to do when launching a book. And like... (laughs) You know, editing and proofreading and designing and audio and there's right. so much. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so I actually have one hour blocked in my calendar every single day mm-hmm. to dedicated to just everything around launching the book, and that's how I make progress on it. And so, you know, today in my in my uh, one hour block, I know that I've got some follow ups to do on endorsements. Mm-hmm. And I need to make another round of proofreading. So probably today it's going to be on uh, endorsements. And then tomorrow will mm-hmm. be the, that final pass of proofreading. <laughs> and that's um, that's how I've actually decided ahead of time right, what I'm going right. to focus on because time blocking. I, I, and I just truly believe it's a, if it's not on your calendar, it's not getting done. That's right. what we trust the most. Yeah, I, I'm, and it's interesting. Some of the strategies I'm watching people kind of work out or work around as they are um, adapting to that. I, I know um, I had an interview with with someone who, again, we seem to have a lot of people that uh, have ADHD on the show or listening to the show. So, I mean, I think that's great because everyone is finding it really helpful. I'm sorry, um, what was that? I'm uh, everyone is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I know I'm I'm relatively neurotypical, and a, a single calendar will work for me. I've some of the strategies I've seen where a calendar works now, mm-hmm. but like maybe it stops working next week. I have to adjust that, or mm-hmm. so so. There's some dynamic to it. If a tool isn't working, it's sometimes it's the tool no longer works for you, and you have to rejigger sure. things. You know. Um, well, that's that's really interesting, yeah. Kevin. Because, and I'm not an ADHD expert in any right, way, right. so I'm I'm not going to dive down to that path. And what I've seen recently is people are managing multiple calendars. I, oh, yeah. I, I think that creates a much more difficult paradigm to be able to manage conflicts and double book mm-hmm. and and all of that. So I've always used one calendar. Now I have multiple email addresses, right? And the uh, and I get invitations on all of those email addresses, <laughs> but ultimately right. they end up on one calendar. Right. And I would guess, again, not an expert, but I would guess if you have ADHD or some version of that, 
it'd be even more important to have a focus around one place to look. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have a couple tools that take, because I can't necessarily control all of those calendars. I'm always suspicious of the person who's like, oh, just send it to my work email address, and I'll put it, and I just do everything in my work calendar. And I'm like, what happens when you don't have that job and that calendar goes away? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, so I, I do maintain like two calendars that way, but I've got um, some automation that basically says, oh, if it comes in on this calendar, copy it to that calendar and mm -hmm. vice versa. I mean, it takes some work to make sure that I don't get an infinite loop in there. But the whole idea is that, yeah, I still have one view of everything, even if it is sort of maintained across multiple machines and multiple calendars. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, this is where our, our geekiness comes in. Yeah, yeah. Because automating uh, email, automating mm -hmm. some of your calendar items, that can really be a time saver and a productivity enhancer if you can uh, learn how to master some of those things. Yeah, and it could be as simple as the rules in your email program. Mm -hmm. um, I know, like, one of the things I always liked about Outlook, I'm not a Microsoft person, but, you know, I switch up back and forth just to make sure. Um, okay. But, like, the rules on Outlook are, are reasonably robust, and if you're using Microsoft servers, um, like either Office 365 or Exchange or whatever, um, you can do some really powerful things at the server side. So that mm -hmm. it doesn't even, so it's like, you know, you, you, one of the things that always kind of got me is you bring up the mobile version, and you're like, oh, all my stuff's there because I forgot to leave Outlook on at home or at work or whatever mm -hmm. to do all my rules and filtering, so... <laughs> Like, Google has some really powerful rules. Um, it doesn't look very powerful when you're, like, in the Gmail little builder interface, but when you start to play with right. it, you're like, I can do some really nifty things in here. Um, so, yeah, having those, having rules to automate or some other process, I don't know what else you've got going on there, is huge mm -hmm. um, in terms of automating that. And then, yeah, anything to make your calendar easier to manage in terms of, you know, okay, so um, whether it's blocking out working hours, I love that. That's a great task thing. Um, or, yeah, schedule your goals. Yeah. Schedule yeah. your goals. And, you know, another thing about time blocking I hear as, as an objection is, mm -hmm. you know, well, I get to that time and then I get pulled into other things. Um, yeah. There's an urgent thing here, an urgent thing here. And I, my, my advice on that is two things. One is... Um, First of all, just get yourself in the right emotional state. I learned this from one of my coaches who said, Don, the first thing you have to do is get into the right emotional state. And then the next thing you need to do right. is stay in that emotional state, <laughs> right? Like, do I need right. to be inspired or excited or uh, thoughtful or creative? Where do I need to be today to mm -hmm. do what I need to do? And then the, the second thing I think that gets us back on our goals when we're pulled mm -hmm. off, because we're all pulled off, is to have compelling reasons. Oh, like yeah. People that have compelling reasons for their goals, and you have to sometimes dig really deep on that. Oh, yeah. And um, those, are the, those are the people that achieve their goals and are productive. Yeah, and I, as, you know, I have worked for many, many years in an interrupt-driven environment, so, yeah, um, uh, the other thing I'll say is, you know, do your best to protect your time. Yes. Right? You know, if you're in an office and people are just, like, constantly drive by your desk and interrupting, um, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you've got to figure out some way of, of signaling, hey, I'm trying to work on something really big, and, uh, you know, please don't interrupt me. And it's mm -hmm. really hard sometimes in offices. Um, 
Yes. So yes, agree. Yeah. I, well, I like where you're going with that. Have if you're in an open cubicle type situation, yeah. maybe you can have some signal that you're mm-hmm. on focus time right now. You're on focus work, and yeah. And, and then there's a culture thing too around maybe starting to move cultures to yeah. a less interrupt driven environment. We used to have this funny little thing at, at Fidelity if we were interrupting someone before you have a complete dot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had one, um, I, I had a, a friend who was at the time a coworker who had a light at his desk that he could change the color on. Mm. So if it's, if it's red, it's like, do not disturb. If it's mm-hmm. green. Okay. It's cool. I'm, I'm in that, but uh, he was trying to do Pomodoro in an open office and it's really hard. Please excuse my dog. I don't know why she's losing her mind right now. Um, <laughs> we weren't about that. Um, yeah, here. Um, so, um, yeah, any, any tips for that sort of thing? I mean, you know, for using Pomodoro, you mean, and staying focused or, or, or like how, you know, some way to like signal that, Hey, I'm working on a signal time. Well, I, I think on, that's yeah, a yeah. really creative idea is, um, is a red green type of situation. Or I've act, I've seen people actually put like police tape over their cube and that <laughs> indicates, you know, that's like door closed, right? If you don't right, have a right. door, yeah, yeah, yeah. then how else can you simulate door closed? Or maybe it's just a simple sign that says, uh, focus time. Or, you know what? Right. I actually, when I uh, used to help, when I was first helping my wife grow her business, I found a little corner and I did have a door, but it was a common space. So if I was right, really right. doing something that I needed to focus on, or I was on a, you know, a podcast discussion, I would just put one of the hotel signs that said, you <laughs> know? right. So there's, so there's, you can get creative, I think, and make it fun and still have your coworkers love you. Yeah, I mean, you can go so far as the less Nesman tape on the floor from WKRP in Cincinnati, right? There you right. go. No, no, no. These are my office walls, and you have to use the door. And, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're dating ourselves now, Kevin. <laughs> it's fine. Um, there's show. there's so much classic about that show. Yeah, no. Yes. Um, ooh, I, I, I like the compelling reasons for your goals, because sometimes it's like, yeah, we have a goal, but why is it compelling? You have to, you have to work through that. Why is it compelling? Not just my boss told me to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you ready for the fun ones? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, um, what is, I don't know why. I never know why hounds do this. Um, anyway, I'm what is sure it? That may be the topic of another podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I spend days on that. Um, so what is the best advice you've been given and or what is the best advice that you would give somebody else? Okay, well, let's break those both of those questions down. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, just so much good advice uh, from my oh, yeah. mentors and my teachers over the years uh, from so many good people. I, the, the one that comes to mind is in business school, one of my professors shared something that I still repeat today mm-hmm. to my team and to other leaders. And it's this, provide a path for good people and good people will want to come and work for you. Oh yeah. So in other words, spend time developing your people. There are so many benefits to this. 
they feel better about contributing. You get them ready for a larger role, maybe even replacing you so you can move on. You enable them to take work off your plate. You have a better organization. And if they stick with mm-hmm. you, great. If they move on to something else, you start to develop a reputation that you provide a path for, for good people or great people. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I, I think that's the advice that I got. If I were giving advice, which honestly, you know, as, a, as, as an executive coach, yeah, yeah. somewhat count, counterintuitive because we want to avoid <laughs> giving advice unless, you know, really we think our expertise is going to help because yeah. as coaches, we believe that uh, if, if we're providing the answer, then it cuts off all other possibilities and the client mm-hmm. usually has uh, more information about the context and but, mm-hmm. you know, having said all that, I do give advice in the book, of course. And of course. And um, and I would say to uh, keep your mindset, have a mindset about evaluating requests for your time. And that's really mm-hmm. the mindset shift I'm trying to help people make is to right. be really conscious about all of these requests for your time and give yourself permission to say yes to the right things and no to the other. And that's um, I, I think just having just that alone can raise some awareness around what we're dealing with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, now for what I often call the easy but sad question. OK. Yeah. How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Well, first of all, let's just reframe failure. I think that's that's a way to start. So could could we look as at failure as learning? Yes. So so there's a great Japanese word. Maybe you've talked about it in some of your other podcasts, which is uh, kaizen. Do you know that word? Ah, yes, yes, I do. All right, perfect. Um, so so the people at home, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the people that people listening at home, kaizen is actually two words: kai, k a i, which mm-hmm. means change, and zen, z e n, which means better. So change for the better. Uh, it's about making small incremental improvements every day, mm-hmm. right? So the way I learned about this is the the chairman of Fidelity in the in the eighties, Ned Johnson, Mister Johnson, made a trip to Japan to visit the high quality companies, right? Sony and Toyota, and he learned about Kaizen. So it really became part of our culture. And yeah. at the end of any project, successful or not, we would always ask two questions. What worked really well that we want to do again and what could be better? So I just really look at at failure as what did I learn from this? What would I do differently next time? What can be better? And I take it from there. Yeah, and I I know so many people have have been talking about failures. There is no such thing as failure. There's just learning. Yes, love it. You know? Well said. Although I, I also go with Howard Taylor's um, failure is not an option, it's mandatory. The option is what you do, you know, is if you continue after you fail. Absolutely. Right. I mean, let's let's face it. If we're not failing, then mm-hmm. we're in our comfort zone and we're probably not growing. Yeah. And so we're going to we're going to get to the next level. And along the way, we're going to we're going to have some blips and bops mm-hmm. and falls and spills and. Oh yeah. Better as a result. Yeah, I I don't know a single child, and I've had two of them, um, who 
in learning something, whether it's, you know, to walk, whether it's to crawl, whether it's to eat, um, hasn't had some sort of a mishap that has been very distressing, but is part of that learning process, right? Mm-hmm. So, and so keeping that I'm always learning mindset is huge. Well, this is a great example. The, the, mm-hmm. you know, how I, I like to ask clients, well, how long do, how long does it take the average baby to walk? Mm-hmm. And they'll say something like, I don't know, a year, 14 months, something like that. Okay, great. How long would you give them before you gave up on them? But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't give up on them. You don't give up on them. And right, that's right. why most of the human population can walk because we don't give up, but we forget that as adults. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 look at it as a failure and we give up and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really pursue that thing. So it's a, I thank you for bringing that metaphor up. It's perfect. Yeah. And, and I apologize to all of my people who um, uh, have difficulties with mobility. I, this is not meant as an ableist thing. Just it's just a great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. yeah. All right. Other side. Right. Let's talk about success. Yes. And that is, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Yeah, so we've we've hit a little bit on this um, goal-setting system mm-hmm. that I introduce in the book I call Corey Seven C's, as in the mm-hmm. letter C, S. They're all start, they all start with C's. So we talked about one of them, which is compelling. Right. And there's another one. The sixth one is actually celebrate. Aha. Uh-huh. So I suggest that when you're setting goals, that you think about the celebration as you're setting the goal. In fact, celebrate three different times. Celebrate setting the goal, mm-hmm. celebrate the interim milestones, and celebrate achieving the goal. Because what happens when we celebrate our wins, we want more of them. It's, it's just like a natural oh, yeah. thing. Right? Yeah. So, so was, I love what one of my friends says about it, which is, if you want something to grow, pour champagne on it, right? It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a great metaphor for it. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I love pushing my client to strive for that. Do something special at each milestone. Now, it can be simple as, you know, maybe it's a nice drive somewhere. You know, I'm in, north, in the Northeast. Yeah, And yeah. it's you know, beautiful weather out. You know, enjoy it. Take a nice drive. Um, or maybe it's a spa day or a golf outing mm-hmm. or a new toy. Now, you know, yep. toys, different toys for different people. I like oh, electronic yeah. type toys and <laughs> you know, <laughs> like other things. Uh, but something that you can actually look forward to. Um, now, I, I, I'm going to just admit right out here, Kevin, I think mm-hmm. I can be better at this for myself, too. I, I think I need oh, to, yeah. you know, my coach needs to remind me, how are you going to celebrate that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and so um and that's kind of one of the reasons I think I built it into the seven C's because you want to be really conscious about deciding how you're going to celebrate right up front. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because there's there's always that man. I should celebrate this. What should I do? I I don't know. I'll figure it out later. And then you just forget because you get into mm-hmm. the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Tell me about the book. Because yeah. I, I, I know, like, we've, we've gotten through all of those questions. All right, now I want to hear about the book, because you, you've hinted, and I know, intimately, by the way, um, without having done it myself, how hard it is to write and publish a book, because that's what my <laughs> wife does for a living, right? So um, let's mm-hmm. talk about the book, man. Yeah. So uh, 
I was because I was just so fascinated with this space. I really mm. wanted to understand how people evaluate requests for their time. Because mm -hmm. think about like, why do we need another productivity book? There are so many productivity books out yes, there. I, I have a whole know. shelf of them back there of just productivity books. Three quarters and, of my Kindle, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or Kindle or audio. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, should take your pick. And the, uh, the there are many. Uh, productivity experts that talk about the importance of saying no, mm -hmm. right? Would you agree? Oh yeah. And there, and there are books also written on how to say no. Mm -hmm. I, I was coaching someone on that just yesterday, how to say no, but people don't really like to say no. That's no, the thing. No. That's what I found in my research. So I interviewed C-level executives all around the country. Mm -hmm. And I just asked them questions about how do you evaluate requests for, for your time? And what one of the things I learned was that they don't really like to say no. And sometimes they think they can't say no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of flipped that on its head. And uh, and so the title of the book is When to Say Yes. The five steps to protect your time. And the five steps are essentially a culmination of these. Uh, interviews and the mm -hmm. best practices of what I call the most productive people or the mindset of the most productive people when evaluating requests for their time. So would it be safe to assume, Kevin, you know your audience, would it be safe mm -hmm. to assume that the people listening here have pretty full plates already? I mean, it 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 can vary, but yeah, a lot of people do have full plates. A lot of a lot of what we talk about when we're reading listener mail or whatever is how they are managing this. And it's, if, if nothing else, it has not gotten easier during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. you know, Correct. It's gotten, it's gotten harder because, you know, now instead of being able to segment office to home, home to office, it's all sort of one space. And um, mm -hmm. I, I saw somebody uh, just the other day, I think on Twitter, who was like, hey, look, all of these work from home tips talk about, um, you know, set up a dedicated space for work. And where do I do that in a 700 square foot apartment? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That can be challenging. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's become an even bigger challenge because where you used to have that firm separation, now your home schooling your kids at the same time you're trying to take a meeting with, you know, one-on-one -on -one with your manager or your manager's manager, like a skip level. And you're trying to make sure everybody has food um, at the same time as, you know, well, uh, help. I mean, it was always same time as food helping with homework, but now it's even, even more so because you may be on a con, you may still be on a con caller trying to meet that next deadline all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I wonder, I mean, a couple of thoughts mm -hmm. on that. First of all, there's a great new book by Jeffrey Shaw called The Self-Employed Life. Mm -hmm. And he does talk about that, uh, setting up different spaces for different activities. Right. Now, I get it in a smaller space. It's going to be more difficult, but maybe it's even, you know, one corner of that apartment is mm -hmm. for work stuff and another corner is for bills and another corner is for something else. So uh, it, it helps you mind shift out of mm -hmm, it. So, but I wonder if, if coming back to time blocking can mm -hmm. help with that as well. Uh, and you know, I'm fortunate enough that I can, you know, I'm in my home office here, the door is closed. I can, yeah, yeah. I can get that focus time. 
And for those that have multiple things calling at them during the workday, like family life and kids needing to get on Zoom and, mm-hmm. and all of that, uh, you know, like one of my clients, what he does is he just blocks nine to 10 on his calendar every day, or maybe it's nine to nine 30 so that he, cause he knows he's going to need to help the kids get on Zoom. Something right, that right. eight year old's going to have trouble doing it for one reason or another. Always. So he, yeah. So he just blocks his time to be available for them. And then, you know, he's productive the rest of the day. So uh, maybe that's just a small seed. Yeah. Plant yeah. on that. I like that. So, yeah, one of the things that my, um, in, in the advice section uh, was from my cousin, of all people, mm-hmm. uh, early on in the podcast. Um, she was like, she had to learn that saying no was giving somebody the oppor- somebody else the opportunity to say yes. Yes. You know, yes. Didn't, don't have to take it all on yourself. And, um, Having maybe some personal guidelines on when to say yes. Back to the book, right? Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely huge. Because we don't always know that. I mean, part of it's uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. We don't know when to say yes. So we, or when to say no, for that matter, because we're afraid of missing out on that opportunity, whether it's right for us or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, I mean, the, the easy one is does it align with your roadmap? Mm-hmm. Um, get it on your roadmap, and oh, you know where I was going before with uh, yeah, yeah, it's our full is uh, is you have to really think in a, in a reprioritized mindset too. We talked about right. our priority comes first earlier. Mm-hmm. If you have a new request for a maybe it's a big new project or a new initiative or maybe it's something small, something likely is going to need to be reprioritized. Oh yeah, to accommodate that new thing because our plates are. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we find out even halfway through something, maybe the thing that we've prioritized is no longer valuable. Yeah. Maybe it's going nowhere after all, right? So being able to reprioritize frequently is, is generally a good thing. Yes. Well, not too frequently, because otherwise then you're just like, nope, shuffle, 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 and now you're distracted all over again. I think that's a key skill is knowing yeah. that balance of when to do it and when to stay the course. Yeah. Where do we find your book? So really easy, go to whentosayyes.com <laughs> and uh, hope, you know, d- depending on the timing of when this is aired, it will be uh, ready for pre-order really soon. So okay, uh, cool. if it is, when it is ready for pre-order, you will be able to pre-order right there on whentosayyes.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, and where can we find more on you? Doncorey.com. Yeah. So I'll I'll spell that because people aren't going to be able to see it, or maybe you'll put it in the notes. It's oh, I put it in the notes, but yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Um, Good. So yeah. DonCorey.com. Yeah. Um, and that links to all of the other sort of necessary these days, social links, et cetera, that, that you keep up with. So Yes. All yes. right. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, we discussed this shortly before we started recording. Um, we do... Uh, we ask all our guests to, um, you know, recommend if they have a charity they want us to support. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so do you have a charity you, you want us to have our have our listeners go pay attention to? Yeah, one that one that I donate to is mm-hmm. uh, called IOCC, which is stands for the International Orthodox Christian Charity. Mm-hmm. And they help people all around the world. Um, that are, you know, mostly in, you know, Christians living in countries that are being either displaced mm-hmm. or, um, 
some you know need help for some reason. I mean, we, we see what's happening around the world and some countries where people need so much help. So they and, mm-hmm. and it's a really high, what I like about IOCC. It's a really high percentage of dollars mm-hmm. that actually go directly to the people that need it. It's in the it's in the mid 90s somewhere like 95 percent. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> on the website, but some really high percentage of dollars that go to the people that need it. Yeah, it's, it's so thanks not for one asking of, that. That's a great uh, thing you're doing. Appreciate yeah, yeah, we 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 figure there are so many good causes and and things out there. We can't support them all, right? As mm-hmm. much as we'd want to, um, and and we want to spotlight um, certainly what's important to our guests as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, anything else for our people? All those out there listening. I'll just leave with the thought of mm-hmm. um, that uh, I mentioned earlier, that mindset shift. Mm-hmm. If you can if have a mindset of evaluating requests for your time mm-hmm. and making that shift, I think your world will start to move towards more productivity. Awesome. awesome. I'm looking forward to the book. I really am. This is, Thank this you, is, Kevin. This is good stuff, yeah. So as soon as it's available, if, if it isn't, Already available by, by the time everybody's hearing this, um, I'm certainly going to be one of the first pre-orders, um, I hope. So. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you, um, Kevin. Thank you so much. This was, this was so much fun. I had a blast chatting yeah. with you. Great questions. And then if you want to come back uh, anytime, we're, uh, you know, I'm always open to that. I'm always open. Okay. So, all right. We'd love to have you. Um, awesome. So, and then uh, for the people at home, we'll be right back after nah, this. It was fantastic talking to Don. I hope all of y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. And I'm hoping, you know, we'll we'll have more to talk about in the future. So, I have a word. All right, what's the word? Say yes. Say yes. All one word? All one word. Uh, that goes with the uh, whentosayyes.com pre-order, which is the book coming from Don. And I figured that would be a great you know, badge code this time around. We talk a lot about saying no, but there's there's not always a, a corollary of when to say yes, mm-hmm. not just when to say no. Well, there's the what is the the saying? Uh, first you first you say yes to everything, then you learn to say no to the bad projects, and then you learn to say no to the good projects. <laughs> yeah, there's some of that. Yes, and you can enter that code at productivityalchemy.com. And you will see a link there to support us. Yes. Uh, first, you will see a link about badge codes and how to enter them <laughs> and what they are and have fun with that. Right. And then you will see links on how to support the podcast if you so desire. As usual these days, please don't. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Everything's good. Yeah. Copacetic. Uh, so please give money to a charity. Yes. And Don's charity is the International 
uh, Orthodox Christian charity where a high percentage of your dollars go to actual people. And so um, I have not done any serious research on this one. So folks, if it, you know, isn't, if, if there are issues, please tell me. Yes. And, but um, one of the things, uh, I, as I recall, because I haven't really looked at my notes that much, Don talked about was uh, making sure that when you give to a charity that a, a, percent, a large percentage goes more to people than to the organization itself. Yes, that's, and I merch mean, and, and yeah, staff yeah, and yeah, stuff. There's, yes. there's a big thing. Yeah. So that's that. Cool. That's, yeah, you can tell I'm a little scattered. And you know, I'm living in, in car permanent Monday. Right. So, anyway, that's everything for us. Yes. Right. Hopefully next week uh, our brains will have returned from the, wherever they have wandered off to. Yeah, especially since next week is a letters show. Okay, we will hope that I am coherent and not buried in a pile of broken iPads <laughs> and shattered refrigerator parts. Right. Yeah, that please please don't wish that upon us. Please I'm don't. not no, I'm wishing no. the opposite of that okay, upon good, us. Yes. Good. So, um I hope everyone out there is having a good week and while you're at it, do your best to um stay productive. No witty comment? I I got nothing, man. It's been the Monday never ended. Okay. <laughs>